Welcome to the Lagan Valley Vineyard Podcast. We are a community passionate about seeing Lagan Valley filled with the presence and the teachings of Jesus. If you would like to connect with us or if we can help you in any way, please visit our website, laganvalleyvineyard.com. Good morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Emma and I am part of the team here at the Vineyard and I am delighted to be sharing with you today. I hope you're not too bleary-eyed from the lack of an hour's sleep. To be fair to the 9.30 guys, like they were, really, they were really on it, which was quite impressive, given they really had much less sleep than you guys. Um, today, we are continuing our Lent theme of fasting and feasting. And Dana did a great job last week of talking about hope. If you haven't listened to that yet, you can catch up with it online. Today, we'll be taking some time to think about what it means to fast from self-concern and feast on compassion. What might it look like for each of us to know how we are seen by God and to see others around us through that same lens? To know that as we see, we are seen. What happens when we look at others a little more and ourselves a little less? As we pause in that thought, I'm going to show a short film by Amnesty International looking at breaking down barriers between recently arrived refugees and Europeans. The film, Look Beyond Borders, is based on the theory that four minutes of uninterrupted eye contact greatly increases connection. It features refugees from Syria and Somalia who are sat opposite residents from Belgium, Italy, Germany, Poland and the UK. The film shows natural, spontaneous reactions between people meeting for the first time.
I can <laughs> I'm keeping your uh, my eyes on you. <laughs> the zoo uh -huh. uh, maybe next this few days uh -huh. oh, I will text you if you would like to <laughs> I will love it. of course yeah. you can do it <laughs> uh, when I was looking into her eyes I was trying to see what I could tell from the life that she lived and I think I could tell that there was a lot of experience lived there it doesn't matter look at the eyes or something just uh, give yourself a chance to talk and to look at the other person In the words of Amnesty International, it takes a heart of stone to watch this video without shedding a tear. Today, when the world appears rife with division and conflict, it is always worthwhile to look at everything from another person's perspective. Too often, what gets lost in the numbers and headlines is the suffering of actual people who, like us, have families, friends, their own stories, dreams and goals. What if we stopped for just a moment and looked at who they really are? Borders exist between countries, not people. Borders exist between countries, not people. Challenging words from Amnesty International. As we consider fasting from self-concern and feasting on compassion, we will look at the story of the Good Samaritan. The passage can be found in Luke 10, and I invite you to find the passage and stand with me, if you will, as we read. So starting at verse 25, the parable of the Good Samaritan. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied, do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, 
And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man in his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Please take your seats. Go and do likewise. I remember one Monday night, it was cold and dark and I was walking the streets of Carrickfergus while Daniel was at football training. I was praying and asking God, what do you see and how can I join in with you? Dangerous prayer. Next thing, I heard a loud bang and looked across the road to see an older man hitting a wall and falling off his bicycle. I ran across the road to help him. He was on a DIY electric bike. I have never seen one like this before. It was really heavy and he was stuck on it. The bike had like fallen over sideways and the man was stuck underneath it. Struggling with the weight, I lifted the bike off him and got the gentleman to sit against a wall. As I struggled, I was aware that cars just kept driving past. As we began to chat, I spotted he had a nasty head injury. I looked around and thankfully a car pulled up and a man got out and called for some help. As we waited for help, I chatted to the older gentleman, honestly to try and distract him from getting back on his bike and the wound on his head. He shared with me how he was on his way from visiting his elderly neighbour in Green Island who was in a care home. His neighbour had no family to care for him and my new friend was his only visitor. Each day he would cycle on this homemade electrical bicycle to visit him. As we chatted, I felt emotional at the lengths that he went to visit his neighbour. I felt real compassion for him. As this gentleman shared about visiting his neighbour, I felt such a sense of God's presence, the spirit prompting me that I could learn much from this old man. Perhaps not from a cycling style, but from his heart. His sacrifice of time and how he saw his lonely neighbour in need. Help came and I left him no longer needed, but feeling humbled by my encounter. I may have helped him in his moment of need, but that was easy. It didn't cost me anything compared to his daily sacrifice of time. I love how God keeps us humble and how he so gently uses life experiences to teach us. How we can see a situation and think we know what's going to play out, only to gain insight from the very person that we are there to help. As we consider fasting from self-concern and feasting on compassion, the story of the Good Samaritan has much to teach us. Jesus is being questioned by an expert in the law. It begins with the words from Deuteronomy, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. As we consider fasting from self-concern, it occurred to me that if we truly love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind, well, it doesn't leave much space for us to form unhealthy levels of self-concern. Whether that plays out in our lives as fear, selfishness, jealousy, pride, or doubt. These words have the potential to shift our outlook from ourselves and our lack onto our abundant heavenly Father. 
Yet, it seems so obvious. I think we can so easily miss the fullness of what is on offer. If we give ourselves fully to God in every area of our lives each day, perhaps there is a peace and acceptance to be found there. We would find ourselves free from self-concern and filled with compassion. You see, God doesn't ask us to do anything he hasn't already done. Jesus loved us first with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. We only have to look to the cross to see how much we are loved. It's from that place that we are instructed to do likewise. What would it look like for you to love the Lord with all of your heart, soul, strength, and mind? What does it look like to allow God to love you completely? While we are all on a journey, work in progress, if you like, to last the duration, we need to create space to allow ourselves to receive the Father's love. I believe that how we do that influences our capacity to help others. As we think through this parable of the Good Samaritan, our capacity to receive will influence the part we play in the story. Let's think for a moment about what it looks like to love our neighbor as ourselves. First of all, the question, who is my neighbor? Quite simply, we're not talking about John who lives next door, rather our fellow man. Anyone near us at any time can be described as our neighbor. That's a lot of people. So how do we navigate and figure out who is our neighbor? No one of us has the capacity, nor are we called to help everyone around us. Here lies the challenge. We can have our day planned to perfection, then a crisis arises or someone just needs a listening ear. How comfortable do you feel with interruptions? Who is your neighbor in this season? As we read in the passage, a man was going from Jerusalem to Jericho. The trip was around 18 miles on hilly terrain. The temperature would have been hot and it would have taken around two days. We then read how the man was attacked and abandoned at the roadside how a priest and a Levite passed him by. Now, if we had to line these guys up in order of who would have been expected to help, the priest would have been first, followed by the Levite, and the Samaritan would have been around 10th. Culturally, this would have been a shocking story for those hearing it. Priests would have spent much time involved in ceremonious rituals. It's often thought that the priest didn't stop because an injured man would have been unclean. However, he was on his way from the temple in Jerusalem, not going towards it. In other words, he had finished his work and still chose to ignore the man. Martin Luther King noted that the priest and the Levite asked, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? The Samaritan reversed the question, if I don't stop to help, what will happen to the man? It can be so easy for us to judge and think, I would have stopped. But would you really? If you were on your way and had somewhere else to be, you too would have been traveling the 18 miles in hot weather on hilly terrain. It's fair to say we've all got our own stuff to deal with. The question is, how open are we to interruptions as we go? Do we love the Lord with all? I won't ask you to put your hands up, but have you ever been out and about and perhaps in a local shop and saw someone you knew and rather than taking a few moments to chat and check in you go down the other aisle and avoid them. I can't be the only one who's ever done that. 
In the moment, it feels like a good idea. We've got our own stuff to deal with. But later, you may feel guilty that you didn't take the time. And rather than feeling guilty, it's probably helpful to think about what happens to us. Has our heart become hard? That we would rather avoid a conversation, that we would become more concerned about getting the items on our shopping list than engaging with others. Perhaps we are too busy. Or like the priest and the Levites, we don't want to get involved in case we become tarnished from the encounter. The danger with ignoring people is that we can tell ourselves that what we are doing is more important. Perhaps our work, our family, our education, that it's just a busy season, yet one busy season can roll into another. It may be difficult to look the other way the first time, but it will be much easier the next. The Father's voice and the prompting of the Holy Spirit can grow as quiet or loud as we allow, depending on the actions we choose. If we choose to ignore those little prompts, we can find that we have achieved everything on our life list and missed out on encounters with others and from partnering with God. We have feasted on self-concern without even realizing it. How do we respond when we see someone in need? Are we obedient to the prompts of the Spirit? We read how when the Samaritan saw him, he took pity on him. When was the last time you saw someone and took pity on them? I have always been challenged by the words in John chapter 9, starting at verse 1. It's a story of how when Jesus entered a city, he saw a blind man. In the opening passage, it simply says, as he went, he saw As he went, he saw. Jesus was clearly going somewhere. He had an appointment yet. As he went, he saw and responded by healing the person in need. The Samaritan was on a journey as well. He had somewhere to be. He wasn't just putting in the time. Sometimes I think we can see those in need and think someone else will help them. Hear me on this. No one of us has the capacity to help everyone we see. But God does, and sometimes he lets us partner with him. The enemy wants to distract us and make us feel overwhelmed by the need around us. Things like watching the news can make us feel paralyzed by the level of need. Our response can be to do nothing. So great is that need. I think we can learn from the Samaritan in the story. He saw one person in need and chose to stop and help. It begins with helping just one person. The man in the story required care and attention. He had to journey with him. This wasn't just a quick fix. It cost him financially and his time. When did you last feel challenged by God? When did you last say yes? Where do you feel vulnerable right now in your journey with Jesus? I'm conscious that in all of our lives, there are times when we feel like we have been left wounded at the side of the road. When plans don't work out as we think they should. When life just keeps surprising us and not in a good way. We can be left feeling vulnerable and broken and wondering, does anyone see me? Who will help? Isn't there something beautiful about being seen in those moments? A small gesture, like a pot of stew on your doorstep. Thank you, Pauline Hyde. 
healthy community looks like both giving and receiving as we find ourselves in different seasons and life circumstances. Jesus both washed the feet of the disciples and had his feet washed by perfume, a time to give and a time to receive. Know that God sees you and loves you, whether you find yourself at the side of the road or walking on by. There's such importance of good self-care to look after ourselves physically, emotionally, and spiritually, to be healthy, and from that strong foundation, we can help others. I suspect for some of us, we get so busy taking care of our neighbor, we neglect our own needs. Too much compassion can be as bad as too little. There's such a fine balance for health and well-being thrive, where we can both give and receive help. As we draw to a close, I wonder where you would put yourself in this story. Perhaps you're like the expert in the law and you've got questions for Jesus. That is a great place to be. It's only in asking questions that you will find the truth. Maybe you're like the priest or Levite and as I've been speaking, you've been reminded of someone you could help. Ask God to give you more opportunities to partner with him, to see those in need with new eyes. Perhaps you feel like the man at the side of the road and life hasn't worked out as you might have hoped and you need help. Good news is that God sees you. You're in a safe place. You can ask for help. Or maybe you're like the Samaritan and when presented with opportunities, you gladly help. Perhaps you need to receive so that you will continue to have capacity to help others. As I listen to God about how we would end Today, the phrase, see as you are seen, came to mind. I felt that it's the Father's heart for us to know that he sees us, and from that place of acceptance, we can help others. So in response, rather than asking you to stand, I'm simply going to invite you just to stay where you are. Perhaps close your eyes if you're comfortable, and open out your hands as a posture to receive. And I truly believe that as we do that, that God wants to come and to minister to us, to fill us up and empower us to see those around us in a new way. Come, Holy Spirit. Father God, thank you that as we sit before you, that you see each one of us. You love each one of us completely. Help us to receive your love afresh today. May we not rush away or hide from your presence, but rather allow you to meet us there. Come, Holy Spirit, and minister to each one of us. You're so welcome in this place. Come and have your way.